Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey everybody, welcome to the nation at Barbecue Nation. I'm JT with uh, Ms. Leanne Whippen, Hall of Famer, also our semi-resident here, Mr. Meathead Goldwyn, Hall of Famer, is with us today. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended. So I want to show all of our viewers something here. Uh, this is actually Meathead in the morning when he goes to... <laughs> You've been following for, me on Twitter, haven't for you? For coffee, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow that's me after a good night's sleep and not before my coffee okay. yeah i saw that and i, I was just howling uh right. yesterday <laughs> yesterday or the day before but because this is here let me switch this back now uh this is fourth of july show so mm, here you got here, fireworks going. here we go we got fireworks Very anyway nice. anyway uh fourth of july foods and different techniques of course uh meatheads on almost every holiday with us a couple of little newsworthy noteworthy things uh there's uh 7.7 billion dollars is the amount americans will spend on food for the fourth of july and about 150 million hot dogs which meathead will eat about 10 of them uh are consumed on 150 million total oh, i'll eat 10 million oh you'll eat 10 million okay i'll have 10 million I'll I'll have to. Uh, I love hot dogs. I, I know you absolutely. do. I absolutely love hot dogs. One of my faves. He, I thought you were a poli guy. Oh, I I like like polies a lot too. The polies here in Chicago. Now Leanne will weigh in on this because mm -hmm. she's a former Chicagoan. Mm -hmm. They are better than anywhere else in the country. I've had them in Washington and other locations, and the the polies here are just really outstanding. Why is that? I don't know. There's a, a, a maybe they have a similar supplier. Leanne, do you know who is I, there a major supplier for so, polies? So, um, who is it? Vienna? Are they the ones that do Does it? Does Vienna make polies? I don't know. I know they're. I hot don't know, dogs. but I know Vienna's a lot in Chicago, right? I yeah, think. yeah, they, they're mm -hmm. hot dog. They're, they're they're the preferred hot dog in Chicago. Yeah, so I think it might be. I don't know. When you go to a Cubs game or a Bears game, we'll get to the Fourth of July in a minute, folks. I promise. But when you go to a Cubs game or or a or a Bears game or a Blackhawks game, what's on the menu? They'll usually say if it's a pulley or something, they'll put you the know, brand name on the wall. The concessionaires have both pulleys and hot dogs. And I got to tell you something blew me away. Last time I went to a Bears game, the vendor had a digital thermometer. And was temping all his hot dogs and polies before he'd put them in the bun. How really? about that? Wow, that. that's impressive. Mm -hmm. Did he have a little amazing ribs logo on his shirt too, <laughs> or something like that? You okay. know, my wife, who recently retired from the FDA, said that my enthusiasm for thermometers has probably resulted in more thermometer sales than the FDA has. 
Um, I yeah, <laughs> I would think Lou is right on that one. Okay, yeah. so so we got the Fourth of July. We've already covered pulleys very quickly, but what is your favorite dish, meathead, on the Fourth of July? Oh, no question. Thanksgiving's turkey, Easter ham, Christmas beef roast, and Fourth of July is ribs. ribs. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. ribs. Do you no care if, if you care the pork or beef or lamb or oh, what? Pork ribs. Um, yep. I usually do St. Louis cut. I usually I we have a big crowd come over. It's the one big party we have all year, and uh, I'll do eight or ten slabs, and uh, um, they're a huge hit. Um, people love to come by. Do you ever use the 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 ends? You know, like the little uh, riblets that they'll do. You ever do those? You mean rib tips or just the yeah. ends of the slab? No, no, the tips where they cut them off. They're almost like a no, flanking I, rib. I don't. I like rib tips. Um, you know, I, I've been I've been to places where they're considered junk, and they're and and they're thrown out. Um, but uh, I like them. They have a lot of cartilage, and the cartilage goes every which way, and they're not as neat and easy to eat. But they're tasty. There's a lot of fat in there. A lot I, of I, sir, I served them in my restaurant. That people down here in Florida, you can tell when they're Chicagoans because they're like, "Oh my God, rib tips! We don't get them down here, and they love them." Yeah, you know when but, I was in Tallahassee, they told me that nobody serves red tips up there; that they're considered garbage and they're all ground well, some up. Some people, it really is kind of garbage. I happen to love them, but um, it depends on the rib tips that you get because I have had some lousy ones, um, and I used to get the Compart to Rock ones, and they are stellar. Mm. I go. should clarify for those who are listening who are not familiar with the different cuts of ribs. That a hog is similar in build to the way we are. The rib cage begins at the spine and wraps around the chest. And the curved ones at the spine side are the baby backs. The straight ones down the side are the St. Louis cut. And the tips are the ones that wrap around the breast. Um, and uh, that's where they're these little tiny cartilages they're really not even bones yet are found and if you buy the side ribs the st louis cut with the tips still attached those are your spare ribs uh-huh. there you go there you go i um uh, i i happen to like all ribs uh all the different styles uh, uh i even like country style ribs my mom used to make them when I was a kid. I do too. Yeah, and she would she would cook them sometimes on sauerkraut. I know that's not a fourth of mm-hmm. ideal, but uh-huh. but she would cook this country style ribs that. on sauerkraut. Well, Very good. Ribs on sauerkraut is classic Eastern European, yes. Polish, Czech, um, uh, Romanian. I love sauerkraut. <laughs> it. I do too. I have several jars in my um, in my fridge. Right right there um we should point out that country ribs technically are not really ribs now a few of them do have rib bones on them but they're really more a pork chop Mm -hmm. and 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 whereas you're going to cook baby backs and spare ribs and st louis cut way up past well done into the 180 190 200 degree range um country ribs are really treated like a pork chop and cooked to 135 or 140 Mm -hmm. a little pink in the center yeah, they're they're good. And that's another thing. I think that one of the things we try to do, especially when Meathead's on the show, is dispel myths and rumors. Um or start them. Or so oh, we can do that too. <laughs> we, can, we can do that too. But I don't, you know, for years, 
even growing up living on a farm and all that uh our pork when when it was done being cooked was very dry very you know they just cooked the snot out of it so to speak uh through science and work and meathead's contributions and leanne's contributions and i nobody cares what i contributed but the point is is you can have a little pink in your pork um it's it's not a bad thing. You're not going to get trichinosis or anything like that. It's um, and it's it's more tasty. I just know that when growing up, if we had chops or or even a pork roast, man, it was always just so dry because that was the norm. Was just to cook the bejesus out of it, and uh, maybe well, that maybe that was not, just at my house. I don't know. No, it's not your your parents' fault. The USDA um, used to um recommend 170 and that is cardboard yeah uh, i mean that is that is they they have since lowered it to 145 that's a big jump yeah um and at 145 they can be tender and juicy but it's still um medium not quite well done but it's medium but you know it's muscle it's solid muscle just like a uh, a ribeye steak and bacteria cannot get past the surface um, so uh, you can cook it just like you would a ribeye steak or a lamb chop. And, uh, you know, 130 to 135 is medium rare. For most people, that's too pink. And it can be a little stringy, um, mm-hmm. but it certainly is tender and delicious, just like a medium rare steak. Mm-hmm. But uh, if, you, if, you, if you're a little skeezy at pink pork, take it to 135 or 140, where it'll be slightly pink. And if you've never had a pork chop cooked to 135, You've never tasted pork. Yeah. I'm here to tell you, um, it is tender, <laughs> juicy. It's not stringy at that temperature. It's just a whole different animal. And you won't bust a tooth eating it. That's <laughs> that's the good part. So I've got a question for you and Leanne, and, and I'm going to direct this at Meathead first. Somebody asked me the other day, um, and I had to I had to stop and think about it a little bit, and I, then I had to go do a little research. What's the difference in density between like pork meat density between pork and beef? Well, they're both running similar in water content, mm-hmm. but it's the fat content that makes a big difference. Um, uh, beef in general has more marbling than pork. You guys know the story back in the 50s and 60s when fat became the public enemy number one. um, Pork breeders went towards these leaner hogs. And if you look at a pork loin, um, which is, you know, the the muscle that's attached to the rib bones, uh, it's the longissimus dorsi. That's the same muscle that a ribeye steak has. Mm -hmm. It's very lean. And it's very easy to make it dry. You need fat for moisture and uh, for softer texture. So uh, the the name Duroc came up a little bit ago. That's a breed of hog, which most famously comes um, from uh, Minnesota. Uh, What's the what? Jim Compart. Compart pork uh, is a Duroc breed. Compart's a brand. Um, and it's it, it's all Duroc, and he's been breeding for better marbling, and it's closer in texture to a beefsteak, um, and it can be just gorgeous. And then there's a whole bunch of these heritage hogs, the Red Waddle, 
Mangalista, um, uh, Berkshire, and they're they're marvelous. Uh, but your standard garden variety uh, pork that we buy in the grocery store today, it, it's so easy to dry it out. Mm-hmm. We're going to be back with the 4th of July show with Mr. Meathead and Ms. Leanne right after this. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to the nation here. I'm JT along with Leanne and uh, Mr. Goldwyn himself, Meathead, uh, from AmazingRibs.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, and you can email us. You know, we talk about that. We're on a bazillion platforms, lots of radio stations and all that. Fourth of July ranks as the number one, of course, in barbecue holidays. But Meathead, do you know how much money people are planning on spending on beer on the fourth of July? Uh, that would be not Bud Light. That would, that be, would be not Bud Light this year. Yeah, that is yeah. true. <laughs> it's Modelo. <Yeah. laughs> it, it, what a fascinating um, turn of events for for the audience out there. Bud Light was the number one best selling beer in America. It is not anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't um, surprise me. I mean, Modelo is a better beer, I think, and uh, it just took a while to come around. But yeah, good for them. It got a little boost, you might say. And I have no idea, but I'm certain you are well armed with the facts. Uh, 1.4 billion dollars on beer. Wow. And like you said, it's not Bud or Bud Light. So you know, in my family, my and my wife's family, the crowd that comes into my house, I do have an, a, a, a selection of two or three beers running from your standard American. Uh, I'm trying to say there's a term that I can't use on the air. Um, uh, standard American. Rainwater. And, and then uh, also, you know, something nice and rich. And uh, um, the, they're drinking um, soft drinks and uh, some of these new, I can't even remember what they're called. but Seltzers. They're seltzers. seltzers, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, some of those seltzers aren't too bad if you put a little vodka in them. Um, <laughs> and, and also, Leanne, this one's mm-hmm. for you. How much are they going to spend on wine? Wine. Hmm. Yeah. I'll say 6.8 billion. <laughs> that no, no. That would be uh, no. That would be no. Um 450 million. That does not include your wine budget, but 450 million right. on wine for the 4th of July. So something that I I serve at uh parties that people really like is um I, I I get a uh, a fruit liqueur, usually raspberry, mm-hmm. and I get a champagne flute, and I put maybe a half inch in the bottom, and then I top it off with Asti Spumante or Prosecco, sure, mm. which is a, a little bit sweet, busy, and it, it's a it's a variation on the old Kier Royale, mm-hmm. and it goes over big. I mean, a ra- ra- it's like raspberry wine with yeah. bubbles, and it's just delicious, and the gang really likes that. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I I did battle with the remember Cold Duck. Oh yeah. yeah. Nah, I did battle with Cold Duck a couple times. Lost. Well, there's been this whole series of fads. You mentioned the seltzers. I I haven't gotten around to tasting them, and 
you guys know I used to work in the wine world. Right. Um, but, you know, you go back and when I was, uh, you know, in college, it was uh, Matus and Lancers, mm -hmm. uh, which were Portuguese rosés. And then also uh, Boone's Farm. Oh, yeah. Um, and then um, Farm Apple Wine. Oh, yeah. Yes. Apple Classic. Wine. <laughs> Annie, Annie we actually Springs. began with Boone's Farm and then we progressed to the rosés because they were came in cool bottles and they were more sophisticated. And then Cold Duck, which was a sparkling uh, Lambrusco, was another big one back in those days. It took that, the world. Is Reuniti or Reuniti? Reuniti. That that's it. Yeah, that's, that's another one. one. Didn't, Lancers, didn't Lancers come in that kind of brown yep. uh, uh what do i want to say look like clay it was or... originally a stone crock yeah that's right yeah yeah and i think it, it had like a, a wax didn't it have like a wax thing a wax on it? finish yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 and we're old farts you know yes, yeah. the seven the 70s weren't hard on us at all folks so... and then there were you know and we've progressed through these this year who are the two old guys that sat on the porch um and what were they drinking uh oh uh, uh barnes um Bartles and James. Bart Bartles, Bartles and James. And James. Yeah. What was that? Yeah. that? There was a wine coolers. They wine, wine coolers. coolers. Yeah. Those were huge for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then you got things like, like Z Zima was the kind of the start of the, the sparkling waters with alcohol in them, and the you know all that. That was a while back, and I don't even know if they make that stuff anymore. Um, let's talk about uh, let's talk about cooking on the cooking show here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Five five quick tips, Meathead and Leanne, jump in, please. When people are going to do their ribs, we're going to talk about steaks and burgers in the next segment. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about ribs. You know, if they're if they're doing pellet grills, if there's a lot of ground to cover, so I'm trying to keep it down to just like four minutes here. But uh, pellet grills versus charcoal, you know, direct, indirect, all that kind of stuff. Give them give them five tips. Well, not just ribs. But just about everything that you're cooking outdoors, most of us are cooking too hot. Dial it back. When you cook at a high temperature, the muscle fibers shrink and squeeze out water and squeeze out juice. So that cooking really hot is a recipe for dry meat. So dial your temperature back. I try to teach um, people who read my writings to learn how to hit 225 and the indirect side of the grill. Split the grill in half. All the charcoal or the gas burners on one side are lit. Nothing on the other side. Your food goes on the nothing side where the warm air circulates around it and shoot for around 225. And if you can master 225 in that indirect zone, you can cook just about anything. And it gives you a safe zone. And um, uh, just dial it back. It takes longer to cook. Even if you're doing a big, thick, thick steak, start it over there. Um, and then if you want to sear, you can move it over to the hot side and sear it over on the hot side, but start over on the indirect side and gently warm your food. And that goes for ribs. Um, ribs, if a lot of folks out there still love to boil uh, their ribs, uh, we have a saying on amazingribs.com, if you boil ribs, the terrorists have won. Um, <laughs> water is a solvent. That's why you wash your hands. That's why you wash your car with water. And when you simmer meat in water, um, you're extracting flavor. And if you look at the water after you're done simmering it, you'll see it's brown and that's flavor that you can't get back into the meat. Um, so those things are best cooked in warm air rather than warm water. Um, and it, yes, it cooks faster when it's in water and it becomes very soft, mushy almost. Um, I, I like to like to cook the ribs 
in uh, in two twenty five degree warm convection air. What about uh, Leanne? Any, um, any anything? Well, I I used to do that. Um, I will say that I am a two seventy five girl when it comes to ribs. I think I I think it's darn close. So, but you're the um, expert on the science about I'm it. I'm not. I don't think there's really any difference, Leanne. I, I, I there's not a significant difference. The key is, is 275 is still a, a, a not a hot temperature. We're going to be back with more tips uh, with Ms. Leanne and uh, Mr. Meathead, both Hall of Famers, right here on The Nation. Stay with us. Hey, are you ready to fire up your grill and get ready to taste the difference this spring and summer? Hi, I'm JT, and I'm thrilled to announce our further collaboration with Painted Hills Natural Beef to bring you your best barbecue experience. As a special treat, Barbecue Nation listeners get a 15% off discount by just typing in the code Barbecue Nation when you check out. So all you got to do is go to the Painted Hills Natural Beef website, click on the store, place your order, and when it has discount or code at the bottom, type in BBQ Nation. Don't miss out on this really juicy deal from Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to the nation. I'm JT. We'd like to thank again the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. They have a, they extended it, their 15% off sale on their online store. So all you got to do is go to natural-beef.com. Uh, go to their online store, make your selection. There's a little bottom left-hand side of the order page. They ask if you've got a code, and all you got to do is write in BBQ Nation. Doesn't be uppercase, lowercase, doesn't matter. BBQ Nation, and the Painted Hills Natural Beef will be delivered directly to your door with a big smile on your face once you try it. And also, pig powder. Mm -hmm. uh, Leanne's dab, dad, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Jim Tab, who was nicknamed Trim Tab, uh, developed this. It was called the best rub on the planet. And it's been used by winning pit masters for over 30 years. And now Leanne is at the helm of pig powder. And you can um, get it directly from her website at pigpowder.com. For the 4th of July. For, for the 4th of July. Yes. Delicious. Sweet with a little heat. She uh, has a bunch of good rubs, too. It's designed for uh, ribs too. I mean, it it it, it really it, is. It, it's won awards. Mm -hmm. It's won a lot of awards, and uh, my co-host here was very kind. I got a very nice care package in the other day. Um, I with really an autograph picture with an autograph <laughs> picture. Yeah, and it it didn't, it damn near didn't fit in our mailbox. I'll tell you that. I was like, "What is this? I are you are you on the label now?" I put a little sticker of my face on the label. So yeah. It's a family cool. recipe. So and she's a Hall, Hall of Famer. You put yeah, a so you'll see it, Meathead. I sent you one, too. So you'll see my little tiny face on there. <laughs> she's cute. I mean, she's cute. <laughs> oh, she always. Yeah, but... We got to be careful what we say, but she is definitely cute. <laughs> yeah. Thank but, you. <laughs> but she, um, anyway, moving on. Yeah. Moving on here. Moving yeah. on here. Okay. Let's talk about this. You were talking about indirect, direct, this type of thing uh, in the last segment, Meathead. Uh, I know maybe to the three of us sitting on the panel, it seems like we've talked about it almost ad nauseum over the years. But all of the time I get emails, and I'm sure like you guys do, that ask those same basic questions because more people are getting into outdoor cooking every day. 
It just mm-hmm. happens. And now you've got a big holiday coming up, 4th of July. Everybody's got to take a run at it if they can. What do you tell them to do if they have pellet grills? Now, where I live, a lot of pellet grills. This is where they originated. Oh, yeah, right? they're hot now. Yeah, and 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 um, Leanne does a lot of pellet grills for the for Pit Boss that she represents. I know that you've done Max and stuff, and of course, um, I just Matt- got the new Traeger Timberline. Oh, so that's, that's which sells for about a hundred million dollars. Yeah, yeah. That's expensive. I think it's thirty five hundred <laughs> or something like that. Uh-huh. It, it's got a. Um, um uh, an induction burner on the side crying out loud as it oh. should yeah <laughs> as it should <laughs> and i'm i'm going i just arrived this week and i'm going on day 3 of trying to get it to sync with my tele my 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 my, my your my phone? smartphone yeah wow. supposed to connect to my i can't get it to connect uh-huh. uh, it, anyway so if people me. are going to use pellet uh-huh. pellet cookers i use mine all the time oh they're they're they are fantastic for ribs yeah because so they're they're an oven. oven they're really like your indoor oven the mm-hmm. flame is below a metal plate just like your indoor oven so you're cooking with indirect heat all the time there's only two that i know of where you can get direct energy or right above the flame um and that's the weber uh and uh, there's one from louisiana grills uh but all uh, the rest are does too pardon Pitboss Pit has got one. Is direct. You they can cook over one. right over, over flame. flame. Correct. Okay, there we go. So there's yeah. three. Um, okay. Did not know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of them are just uh, are, are just a brilliant oven, which is what you want for low and slow, steady smoked. Um, and the flavor that they make is just brilliant. It's a very delicate smoke. Folks from Texas sometimes complain it's not strong enough, but I think it's really elegant and. Uh, uh, if you love ribs, there's nothing better. Mm-hmm. What good. about doing a burger on them? I, I, I do burgers on mine because I can crank it up high enough and I can do burgers on it. But some people will say you can't do burgers. Well, justice you, on a on a pellet grill. All right. We're going to we're going to take a short dive into the into 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 science briefly. <laughs> OK, but you basically when you're when you're cooking outdoors, you have three types of energy. You have conduction energy where the food is in contact with hot metal. And that's the most powerful. That's the way to get the rich, dark brown sear that has lots of flavor. It's a chemical reaction called the Maillard reaction. And that's the way most restaurants cook burgers on a hot, flat piece of metal, a griddle. Right. Uh Um, And your grill grates also have the same effect. Uh Uh, They brand the meat with stripes. Um, The next Uh, most intense heat is infrared radiation. And that's when you're cooking directly above flame or glowing coals directly above and you get infrared radiation. And that is measured usually not in degrees temperature because it's very, very hard to measure. It's, it's measured in a, a, as energy. And uh, it's so the temperature your grill gets is the temperature of the air and you know, you really can't brown a steak or a burger with hot air. You have to sear it with contact with metal conduction mm-hmm. or with radiation, infrared. And it, those are the two best ways to sear. The third type of energy is convection energy. And that's when you're away from the flame on the indirect side and it's being surrounded by warm air. And you don't need a fan like in a convection oven that all 
all indoor ovens are convection ovens. The so-called convection ovens usually have a fan to help the circulation. Right. But uh, so it's very hard on a, on a on a standard pellet smoker to get a good dark brown sear because you don't have infrared or conduction. Well, yeah. Uh, if you put a griddle in there or a cast well, iron frying pan and get those hot enough, now you can sear. Right. I put grill grates in mine on half of it, and it mm -hmm. works. It works great. Um, and, and, you know, that's why I like my pit boss, because it has the, the handle that um, it moves the little lever thing and you get the direct flame because I, I don't like burgers just in a regular smoker because right. I, I, I do agree. enjoy the char. So that's just I agree. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Want, I want to. And, and you can do it with a cast iron pan. Yeah, um, you're, you're not going to be over flame, but you're going to be in hot metal. So you can put a burger into a pellet smoker, cook it, give it a smoke flavor for like 20 minutes get it up to 130 degrees or so, and then move it into a cast iron pan and mm -hmm. sear the snot out of it, and away you go. Yep, mm -hmm. yep, it works, it works. All right, so let's jump into side dishes here. Uh, Leanne, let's start with you. What is your personal favorite side dishes, and how difficult are they to make them for the 4th of July? Well, I love potato salad, of course. I know you do. Coleslaw. And you have to be careful with these mayonnaise-based products and being out in the heat because that's not good, as Meathead will tell you that his wife tells him that <laughs> all the time. Um, so I do like those traditional sides. I mean, those are my top two faves, the usual. I'm with you, I, 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 but I like beans. And, yeah. and um, when you're doing ribs, if you're doing them right at a lower temperature, 225, 275 in that range, um, it can take three to five hours, depending on the cut. And that's plenty of time mm -hmm. to cook beans. And what I'll do is I'll put them in a uh, a 9 by 13 baking pan and put it under the slab of ribs and so that they drip ah. um, water and fat and the rub comes off and goes down into those beans. And you can stir those up, throw some barbecue sauce in there with them. And after three to five hours, you now and that's not enough time if you're using dried beans. No, um, it, but if you're using canned beans, three to five hours is plenty of time to make sure. great canned beans. Um, and if you have leftover meat from the last time you did ribs, you can throw that in there, brisket. Mm. Um, you can do dried beans, but then you've got to start them in advance, soak them overnight, start them simmering on the stovetop, and then you can put them in the pan. What I do is I have a recipe <clears throat> that I wrote a long time ago. I call them cheater beans. And so what you do is you can take like bush beans or B&M, mm -hmm. you know, beans like that. I pretty much rinse all the sauce off of them. And then I make my own sauce because those beans have been steamed and cooked previously and before they're canned. And they put the their sauce in there. Nothing wrong with their sauce. You want to do that, but I do what Meathead just was talking about. I put those in my pan, whatever I'm going to cook them in. I make my own sauce, and I will take some some bacon or some onion, well, bacon and onion, and different things like that. And I put some old fashioned molasses in there too, because I like I like my beans kind of dark, you know. Then maybe that comes from when I was a kid, but uh, I do it that way, and so what you're talking about is great. Yes, we can make them from scratch, but almost uh, today 
Um, I don't know why somebody would do that, really, because it takes so much longer. If you really got the pride in your in your cooking, I understand that. But if you're doing for a family thing or you want to take them, just like he was uh, saying, Meathead was saying, you know, I just get a couple of uh, tins of, uh, you know, pre-done ones, whichever your favorite brand is. I just happen to rinse a lot of the sauce off it and make my own sauce. So there you go. Yeah, I think I think the bean lovers are split on that. I think most of them say get rid of that sauce, dump it off, run it through a colander, rinse it. But I know an awful lot of bean lovers who say no, keep that sauce. So yeah, your choice. It's it's their choice, and they can they can certainly do it. And uh, we're not going to be coming to your house and judging you on your (laughs) choice for baked beans for the Fourth of July. Oh, maybe I will. You know, well, you know, you know, I don't know. Beans inspector here. Move over. Yeah, Let me taste yeah. the beans. Well, <laughs> I know he's going to be heading to Florida to try some of that coconut cake that Leanne made earlier. Yeah. That that absolutely. Uh, we're going to take another break. We're going to be back with some more fascinating facts about Fourth of July and some more tips from uh, Meathead from Amazing Ribs and Ms. Leanne Whippen. Right after this, don't go away. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to uh, The Nation here on USA Radio Networks and uh, 4,000 platforms out there on the podcast versions and all that. Um, we've got uh, my co-host Leanne Weapon, Hall of Famer, Meathead uh, Goldwyn from Amazing Ribs, Hall of Famer, and me. I'm just sitting in the hall, um, and this is our Fourth of July special here. Uh, do you know how many Americans are predicted to attend a Fourth of July picnic or gathering celebration? What percentage? It's a number I'm looking for. Percentage. Eighty. Okay. Well, yeah, uh, you you got to figure. A lot of people are going to celebrations, so right. they're not posting them. So I'm going to go with 40. 59. 59%. Oh, right yeah. in the middle. And, and then, uh, well, here's a, here's a fun one you like. How many people will go to the emergency room with fireworks-related injuries on the floor? Oh, yeah. That's probably a lot. 1,030 is the average. Ouch. Wow. Yeah. And we how many? How many? We don't last- allow them here. Well, they've cut them down here, but I live in an area where people don't pay much attention. No, I to mean that. my party. No, oh, oh okay. Sparklers and that's all. Okay. How many pounds of chicken are purchased for the Fourth of July? I'm looking in the millions now to give you a hint. Mm. Right, you know, Jeff. Whatever number we pick, it's just pulling it's it out. It's gonna be wrong. Box. Four million. <laughs> a little more than that. Seven hundred and fifty million pounds of chicken. Oh my God. That's a lot of cluckers for the fourth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what about desserts? I'm 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 a my wife makes this stuff called lemon lush, which is absolutely mm-hmm. delicious. But I'm also a kind of a traditionalist with um, strawberry shortcake and or kind of a whether it's blueberries and cherries or whatever uh, cobbler. I like cobblers. Especially mm, cobbler, cobblers with kind of crunchy sweet crusts on the top. I mm, love those. I like those. Yeah. But uh, what are you? Start with Leanne again. What's your What's your go to on the Fourth of July? 
Well, cobbler's, you know, in an iron skillet. Yeah, like, you know, like the oatmeal combo crunch stuff right. on top. I love that. Um, but I do like ice cream with it. And that's always a challenge, depending on where you're celebrating, to have ice cream to put on top. <laughs> I do like pies <laughs> for 4th <laughs> of July. Um, but, um, you know, it, as the it, it ends up being a whole, whole day thing, and then you're getting into night and fireworks and that sort of thing. And, you know, some people might be able to have fire pits. And um, so s'mores are always a, a fun thing for 4th of July, especially for kids. There you go. Mm-hmm. Meathead. I'm my wife. Uh, my family is down in the Pompano Beach area, um, so I'm in the Midwest in the Chicago area. My wife's family is all around here, and it's a big Italian American family, so they do cookies, mm. and they're wonderful. Lots of cookies, biscotti, um, a few pies, uh, some some cobblers and cakes. We, I, as the host of the party, <clears throat> I focus on the meat. My wife will usually do um, uh, potato salad or slaw or both, and then people bring dessert. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Is it kind of one of those leave the gun, bring the cannoli type things? <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Cannolis often show up at our parties. Yes, they do. I, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt right, it. You yeah. better explain to the audience. Oh, that's that a it, reference that to the Godfather. 50, what that line is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, reference to the Godfather when they're out on Long Island and somebody, somebody you might say didn't make the cut that day. So they, mm-hmm. but uh, bring the cannoli, leave the gun, yeah, leave the gun. Well, he was uh, killing somebody in a restaurant. So oh, no, you're in done a car. shooting him in a car, in a car after yeah. you're done shooting him, yeah. shoot him and leave the gun there. Bring the cannolis, bring the cannolis. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't get the blood on them. Um, I'm also big on, um, Besides, kind of again traditionally, corn on the cob. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah. we talked about. We talked, yeah. yeah, corn on the cob. I also like. Uh, I like to do little things, and I've talked about it on the show many times. If we're going to have kids around, which we don't have too many come around at this point, but um, I always did like chicken legs for them. Mm-hmm. Just buy a package of a dozen chicken legs and get those. You know, cooked up for the kids if they're hungry and they can't wait. There you go. We do too. Yeah, that's kind of a good way I think to go about that. And then um, I, I'm big, and of course we're up here in the Northwest, and just about now is when all the summer fruits and things are really coming into to the markets and stores, or even in your garden. So a lot of like watermelon and cantaloupe and that type of thing. I just love fresh melons. Uh, yeah, like that. Yeah, unfortunately, the 4th of July is just a little early for me in my Midwestern area for corn on the cob. It's got to come up from down south mm-hmm. or the melons. They got to come up from down south mm-hmm. and peaches, which is my favorite peaches and blueberry. Now, blueberries are in. We'll yeah. have blueberries so we can do blueberry pie um, and cherries are starting to come in around the 4th of July. Um, so we'll have my neighbor Jeff make a mean cherry pie and he'll be he'll be bringing uh-huh. one. I made him swear that he's bringing one. Um, and uh, uh, but, uh, the, you know, something I we should say about corn. Um, there's been a lot of crossbreeding, hybridization mm-hmm. of corn um, in the past 20 years. And I, I used to live in Ithaca, New York, which is where Cornell University is. And Cornell is one of the great Ivy League schools, but they also have a superlative ag school. And they were doing a lot with um, corn hybridization. And they're farms where they were testing them were between where my office was and my home. So I would drive past their farm stand 
And there were many nights when we would just, uh, you know, eat corn. That's mm -hmm. all. And mm -hmm. some of these hybrids are just magnificent. There's one called Marai, M-A-R-A-I. And it's hard to find, but if you stumble into it, buy it. Um, it, it, it keeps really, it's one of the cool things about these hybrids is, you know, the old saying about start the water boiling before you go pick the corn. Right. And that's because the, the, the sugars immediately start deteriorating and turning to starches. These new hybrids are bred so that they stay sweet longer. And um, in the fridge, they can be sweet for a week. And that's tremendous. Uh, uh, some of them have really tender kernels, really small, tender kernels. I don't put butter or salt on them. I just eat, I, we just steam them. On the grill, I will paint them with a, with a mix of um, butter and oil and tarragon. Tarragon goes great on corn. And so mm -hmm. I'll, I'll mix a little um, tarragon uh, with uh, uh, about 50-50 butter and uh, a neutral oil. And then I'll roll it around on the grill, painting it with this mix um, until the kernels start browning, getting caramelized. A lot of the oil drips off. It's not real fatty. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's delicious. Um, we got to get out of here. We're out of time again. We want to thank Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. By the way, he has got a new book coming out in uh -huh. about in about eight months. No. No? No. Breaking Ten? news. Ten? Breaking news. <laughs> We've postponed the publication date from spring 24 to spring 25. And I know there's a lot of people out there who think that this book is fiction because i've been talking about it for so many years but it will be out spring 25 now oh okay okay well we're going to pick up some of this in after hours because i'm not going to let this go i'm more i've got okay. more more questions Wish you would i will <laughs> uh, um but we're going to be back next week uh we hope you all have a wonderful uh fourth of july and uh remember our motto here turn it don't burn it you can find meathead stuff on amazingribs.com you can find leanne's stuff at pigpowder.com and leannewhippen.com and me, I'm just out there. We'll be back next week. Have fun, everybody. Take care. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.